You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Well, lots to talk about in this show. We uh, highlight the uh, newest Newman car, the 911 Porsche. Very cool. We got some video of that, but you can hear that thing running and Sounds going up fantastic. and down the street. We uh, talk about uh, the latest acquisition by Matt, the Ford Lightning pickup truck. We yep. do some uh, hypothetical stoplight games. So a lot of show plan. First, Continental OETs. You can find weird things in your car. Oh, people find oh, melted crayons, live snakes, trinkets, and whatnot. Uh, but you'll also find Continental belts. Bet you didn't know they're OE in millions of Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, BMW, VW, and GM vehicles. Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series, fanatically engineered for a perfect fit, Form and function for 98% of vehicles on the road in the U.S., and that includes Canada as well. So, you want an OE belt? You want the right OE belt? Good. Continentals, your company. OE Technology Series, Multi-V Belt, the belt with the OE pedigree, and you get the full story at OETechnologySeries.com. That's OETechnologySeries.com. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on a judgment again on a mandate. Get it on. And welcome to CarCast. I'm Adam Carolla. Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, she'll be sliding in here momentarily. We're on a tight schedule today, and he's running a few minutes late, so we'll get caught up with uh, him. Lots of uh, new stuff to talk about. I've got myself a uh, new Porsche. He's got himself a new Lightning Ford truck everyone first jb weld for big or small projects you need something that lasts that's why we're proud to have jb weld epoxy adhesive as our sponsor uh use it at home use it in the garage they they do epoxy they do metal repair stuff two-part stuff they do super glues they do the polyurethane stuff it's at home depot lowe's jb weld o'reilly it's all there uh the porsche 911 is a 74 Porsche 911S, and it ran at Daytona nine times, I think. Although, it, I think two of those times it didn't show up, but I think it has seven Daytona starts. I think it has five Sebring starts, and Newman drove it once at Sebring, with uh, Bill Freeman, who was the owner-driver, back in the day. It's, it's a classic 70s IMSA kind of car with the big old flares and the big old slicks and the cool 70s color scheme. And it's a really nice piece. So um, we'll put some pictures up on the uh, website, and you guys can take a look at that car. I haven't driven it yet. It's naturally aspirated. It's not a turbo. And um, if you watch Winning the Racing Life of Paul Newman, you'll see... At a certain point, he's at Willow Springs and he's driving around this car and it says Freeman Porsche Audi on it, like Beverly Hills Porsche Audi and Freeman and it's white and it's blah, blah, blah. And he's out there taking it for some uh, hot laps at Willow Springs. 
I believe that is the car, but certainly if you go online and you look up pictures of Sebring, 12 hours of Sebring from 1977, you shall see that car and uh, Newman driving that car. And things are always a little bit different. We have to dial in a few things like changing the uh, like the mirror on the driver's side outside and, and all that. Oh, Matt's just walked into the studio. I think we have tape of that thing firing up, maybe even driving away, so you guys can at least uh, hear it. And then if you go to carcastshow.com, you can take a look at it. But uh, do you have a actual footage of that thing firing up and Sean taking off in it? Good-looking car. Hello. Yes. There's a sweet spot. I think fired right up, too, when we got it. It's a sweet spot in cars, which is like that early, mid-70s. It's just a great late 60s, early 70s. It's a great, you know, by the time you got to 2001 or 1993, it was kind of no bueno. But there's something, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's my age. But that, that. That year of mid-70s, early 80s. Yeah. Uh, sorry, late 60s. I'd say the sweet spot. I'm <laughs> looking at a picture of the car coming down the coming street. Coming down the street, just driving it around. The, the sweet spot for cars, for me, is like 63 or 4. Like 64. 63. Okay. okay. To like... 80 that's like that that's <laughs> okay. the best if i gave you 13 years those are the 13 years i would pick i might go 66 to 83 or something in there but it'd be right in that era it'd be right about the time ferrari had the gto and the 250 lms it, it would enca- it would encapsulate all the for all the ford gt40s and all that and you'd get right there to the very edge of the 935 Porsche. Yeah. And that would and and and, and everything in between Ferrari, Porsche and 917 like it'd all be just right there. Yeah, okay. You agree with that, Don? I do. I would agree with that. I mean, you got to throw in a couple Fox bodies. So other than that, now did Sean <laughs> present you? I know you got a new yes. clean lightning truck. Yes. Describe your Ford lightning truck and then I well, uh, we're going to do this in real time. Yeah. I'm going to take my yeah. answer on the air. We've not discussed this <laughs> off the air. Yeah, I saw the truck. It was in my parking lot. I was impressed. Yes, you made an offer. I I looked at the inside. It was clean. Yeah. I looked at the outside. It was clean, and I made what I thought was a fair offer. Yeah. I'm not saying it was generous. Okay, but but a fair. Solid yeah. offer for a no stories nineteen ninety three Ford Lightning. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a ninety five. The Lightning was ninety three to ninety five. The Gen one. This one is uh, only two owners. Uh, ninety nine thousand miles. Could be a fourth. Could be a fourth. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very clean. The guy that I bought it from took very good care of it. He owned it for like 17 or so is years. Is the side exhaust stock? That's not. He did a shift kit in it, which bugs the hell out of me. Yes. Uh, and the side exhaust, 
But the shift kit is so stupid. It's like it's always dumb. It's the transmission equivalent of glass packs. Like we're mm-hmm. so over this, right? Right. And it's it's and automatic. It is. How, and, were and, they? What by the way, my signature sticks. None. None. They're all automatics. Interesting. <clears throat> this is the only automatic vehicle that I've ever owned in my name. Wow. It. It's got- <sighs> It's got a Paxton supercharger? It, it has what's called a Powerdyne supercharger. They did a deal with Ford Motorsport back in the day. So it has an aftermarket supercharger. So the first owner was the Ford dealer in Montana where it was delivered. Like the owner of the dealer or somebody there had it. They put the emissions legal supercharger on it, but it's a, it's not a very good supercharger. Like, we should swap it out for, like, Pro Charger, Vortec, mm-hmm. or Paxton, or something. But, they put it on yeah, aftermarket. Yeah, the dealer did. It's a dealer-installed supercharger, but it's belt-driven, and it's not oil-fed. It's, like, dry mm. with a belt inside. It, it generates a lot of heat and not a lot of power. That's <laughs> but, what you're uh, looking for. But, uh... So what... But All it's right. nice. It's and clean. It's, it's a 351 Windsor. It's a 351 Windsor, but it has the same GT40 heads as my Cobra, mm-hmm. and then similar intake manifold that has the GT40 manifold, which is the tubular version, whereas mine on the Cobra is a cast version. Right. The cast version, you could port it or extrude home port it. The tubular one, you really are kind of limited. You can't do much to it. The because lower the, manifold is cast. You can really hog it Because of the wall, the thickness it's, wall. That's right. It's real thin. You can you can hog it out for a larger throttle body, but that's mm-hmm. about it. But it's really nice. It's pretty clean. It, uh, it has the, it, these F-150s came with the upgraded transmission out of an F-350. So the transmission's bulletproof, and it mm-hmm. has dual fuel tanks. Mm. So it holds like... 34 gallons combined. They fill it from there's opposite t- sides or the same the side? The same side, and there's two fillers, and there's a switch on the dash. And just even on the way here, I hit the switch in the middle of driving, and it just slowly just changes the gas gauge to whatever's in the new fuel and just seamless. seamless I, I wish goes. every car on the planet had that. Wouldn't it be great? It's like you could, you could put 15 gallons in it, you could put 34 gallons in it. Now, I'm... Was smitten by this car when yeah. I saw it in the parking lot. As you should be. And I said, I must have it. <laughs> and I wanted to add it to my collection. Yeah. And as you know, I'm a little bit short on cash right now because a lot of the stuff we have going on. Yeah. I, I'm, I told Sean, and, and I want to put this caveat. Yeah. Sean is an Armenian. Mm-hmm. He may have tweaked this deal. I will that's tell in, you. That's in his blood. Yeah. But I said to him, Convey this to Matt when he comes to pick the car up. I think it's enough to keep it in my showroom. And uh, I, I kind of gave him some parameters. And I said, lay this on Matt. I think he'll go for it. But I don't know. We've never spoken about it off the air. So I think it's time to kind of reveal on the air. Yeah. Again, it was more I of saw a- you and you said, I've got an offer for you. Go talk to Sean. He's going to present the offer. It was more of a trade out. I don't have cash on hand, but I have a lot of assets and I have many a thing that, that, uh, that Matt may be interested in. So yeah. anyway, you tell me and then we can then tell me whether you've accepted my – again, I'm not going to say it's generous. Fair. Yeah. Offer. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I talked to Sean, and he said, we've got over here in the other room, we've got two BBS wheel halves, mm-hmm. the barrels, no mm-hmm. centers, and a pressure washer. Okay, but hold on. Don't, don't get over your skis. I said <laughs> front outer wheel 
front outer wheel halves. Okay, he didn't. He didn't clarify. Okay, well, yeah. see, that's the problem. Yeah, there's, there's too much. He just much. said two wheel halves. No front. Uh huh. Outer. Yeah. BBS wheel halves. Right. Because obviously they're thinner. Right. And I didn't want the rears. Those are dishy. That, that's a lot of material yeah. there. And you couldn't really make one wheel out of it because then you'd have valve stem on the inside and the outside. You have to plug the holes with valve, two valve I'm not stems. here to tell you what to do with the ribs. <laughs> okay. Two front half <laughs> yeah. outers. Yeah. The, the, by the way, that's not some plug-in, you know, Ryobi pressure washer. That is a Briggs and powered Stratton, um, Briggs and Stratton powered, uh, gas powered pressure yeah. washer yeah. up to probably, 135 PSI. I have most of the attachments. I don't know where all of them are, but they're probably easily replaced. Yeah. It's newish. It's probably ish. It's probably nine to eleven years old. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I know you're scoffing, but I said to him, and I said, "Don't do it unless Matt pushes back," because I think he's going to jump on the two rim halves <laughs> with the yeah. pressure washer. I said, "Offer the gasket that goes between the two rims." The rubber oh, gasket, okay. you know what that I'm was saying? not in the deal. Well, that's the thing about that's the see, thing about Sean. Like, I think Sean was like, trying to go. Oh, I see what you're saying. He didn't want to throw it all in. He's he like, I can get this truck for just the two halves and the pressure washer. <laughs> Why throw in the rubber gasket? This is what he told me. He said the two wheel halves. He doesn't specify front, or rear, or inner, outer. Let's see, that's and then he said pressure washer. And I thought about it and I said, can we do the deal now? And he said, yes, and then swear to God, he said, Jose, drain the gas out of the pressure washer because that wasn't included. And I said, no deal, and I walked. Well, look, (laughs) he asked me. I said, I said, said, honest answer. Give me an honest answer. When you buy a brand new pressure washer from Home Depot, does it come with fuel? (laughs) And Sean said, no. And I said, okay, well, good enough for a brand new pressure washer, good enough for Matt. So I had him drain the fuel out. Okay. Does that mean I drain the fuel out of the truck if we did the deal? Well, no. <laughs> when you buy a car, it comes with fuel in it. Some. When maybe. you buy a pressure washer, yeah. it comes empty. All right. Okay. So you want a noodle on it, or I'm gonna have this. I'm gonna think about it. Did this whole gasket? Thing? Well, you threw the gasket in. I didn't get a chance to really, you know, test the pressure washer. I mean, I saw them using it on it's the forklift. It's in good working condition. It seemed like it was working. It's in good working condition. All right. So you got the Lightning. How fast? Yeah. Was that the fastest production Ford when it came out? I don't know like about zero Ford, to but, 60? It, but it was like the fastest production truck. But look, I, it, when it came out, they had the Chevy 454 SS, right? That was the Chevy version of the big block muscle mm-hmm. truck. And then they had the Typhoon and mm-hmm. the Cyclone. And they're like, they don't haul anything, but they're quick. So Ford said, we want a 5,000-pound tow capacity. We want to pull at least 0.88 Gs in the in the turns. Mm-hmm. And we want like 0 to 60 in like a 7.9 or 7.6. And that's without the supercharger. So what was scoots. quicker in 1995, a Mustang it, yeah, Cobra? A 95, uh, a 95 Cobra, I think, had the 351 in it. It probably would have been faster. Um, but it was it was naturally aspirated. But this truck is probably faster than a 95 Mustang GT. Maybe not, but it's probably up there. I don't know. 95 like Mustang... Grand. When it was new. 95 Mustang GT Max Pata 
versus the 95 Ford Lightning pickup yeah, truck like zero to, zero to 60. There was a era, a small window, when the trucks were sort of winning the zero to 60 war yeah. when it came to American cars. The, the Vets and the Mustangs and the Camaros, Camaros were getting a little heavy at that mm-hmm. point and a little underpowered. Yeah. The trucks... 94 had, was the body year changeover for the Mustang. It's the roundish. The trucks, some of the trucks went with the turbos and went with the all-wheel drive, yeah, yeah. and they just got quicker, zero to 60. Yeah, look, a, a 93 Cobra was 20000 bucks, and I want to say a 93 Lightning with... You know the power seats and power windows. It was like twenty two thousand bucks. The mm-hmm. truck was more. I've been uh, looking at some of the cars and some of the auctions and some of the stuff that's out there, and um, saw an article on how expensive the su- the Supras were. Mm-hmm. Now we've talked about that before. Some of the the highest dollar cars when you look through RM or Gooding or whatever these like mid eighty Lancia sort of homologated, you know, rally street cars. Those cars are really tough to look at, which is kind of the problem. (laughs) They're super slabby in the 80s, but they're like 400 to 500 grand. Um, There's a couple of cars out there that are going up, like the Supras, uh, like some Japanese stuff. I saw bring a trailer. There's a couple of like 240Zs. There was like 50 grand or 48 grand, just stock, you know, second owner, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, maybe even something like a little breathe on a little bit. You know, that's not completely stock. I've like a couple of here's an interesting here's an interesting bring a trailer dive to take for Max Pat. I'll I'll do it. I'll do it here. We were talking about the late uh, uh, mid mid nineties Ferrari three fifty fives cars we like. Yeah some years ago, starting to make a move and climb up. Feel like they've completely leveled out and probably dipped a little. Mm-hmm. We're now at the point, I would say, judging from a couple of the bone stock and not you know ultra low mileage, just lowish mileage, two owners, bone stock, 73, 240Z, those things are 48, 49. They're like knocking on the door of 50. Those 355 Ferraris have yeah. like come down toward 50. We're now living yeah. in a day and age where the Ferrari and the Datsun are in the same neighborhood yeah. now. Yeah. Yes? Yeah, I, I, I think the 355 has maybe a little bit more of a range to it. I it guess has Dotson a little more does. range. Dotson would too, because you can find a Yeah, but the one top of it, yeah. the range is yeah. at 50, Yeah, and the but, bottoms but, are in but low the top, But I see what you're saying. The top of the range of the Zs is knocking on the door of kind of the bottom of the range of the 355, because mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a clean 355 for 120 grand somewhere. Yeah, but I don't I don't know that it's 120. I, I think it's more 85 yeah. for a really nice one. Yeah, maybe I'll trade my Lightning and the pressure washer. Well, you don't. Okay. Uh, let's see. Why don't you? Well, hit... we would share it. We'd okay. share the Ferrari. We'd, why don't we go in together? Why don't you hit uh, your yeah, Castrol? I'll tell over you there. guys about Castrol. 
Castrol Edge is stronger under pressure. You know, engines can lose up to 10% of performance due to friction. And Castrol Edge with fluid titanium transforms under pressure to keep metal apart and fight power-robbing friction to unlock exhilarating performance. It's three times stronger. Three times! And then the leading full synthetic against viscosity breakdown per the Kurt Orban test in a 5W30 Visgrade. Edge formula always exceeded the toughest industry standards, but the new and improved formula incorporates the latest technology that makes it transform to be the strongest when pressure is highest. Check out Castrol Edge. Tim from uh, Zybar is on line five, so I will uh, pot him up. Let me take a quick look in here. Get rid of that. Get rid of... uh, Find a piece of paper. Here's Tim. Tim? I'm here, Adam. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good to speak to you. Hello. Likewise. Uh, last time we were talking, we were talking about uh, folks sending in their bits and pieces to you guys, you guys doing your professional Zybar coding on it and then uh, sending it back. I'm in, I'm kind of in love with that uh, process. Uh, we use, and I want to hear an update on it, we recently sprayed our own Zycode on and um, we did our own, uh, I think, brake ducting. Yeah, we did the brake shields and uh, we did it in the bronze color, which uh, surprisingly was very close to the original color, or at least the original color when we took them off the Porsche 935. And uh, it's difficult for us to to figure out the temperature control because you know, we're not running the car and we're not going to like run the car and then grab the, the, the brake shields, but we're going to start doing some exhaust stuff soon. Oh, we are? Yeah. Awesome. Well, because we have a Ford Lightning outside. Oh, <laughs> but wait a minute. We traded that. <laughs> Can you believe we can't wait to be part of that project. I'm telling you, it's going to be fantastic. And the guys at Magnaflow are going to do the exhaust. And when I was talking to Richard Waitis at Magnaflow, I said, hey, what can we do? And he said, I'm sitting in my office staring at a, ca- a can of Zybar coating right now. <laughs> and he goes, they send it over. And I was like, let's do it. He's in. So Awesome. <laughs> hey, awesome. Yeah, Tim. we're in too, Matt. And uh, our build plan is going to be coming to you here this week. So uh, we'll have the complete Hushmet and Zycoat build plan for you for the, for the Lightning. Nice. How, uh, cool. how happy are you that here we are coming into 2020 – and this hobby seems to be expanding and growing. Um, and then the question is, Matt, as I've thought about it, and Matt and Tim, I should say, the, um, I think so people have this thought. And the thought is like, well, these kids today, they can't drive a stick shift yeah. and then no one's going to own a, own a car and they're going to Uber everywhere. And then there's going to have Uber helicopter and everyone's, every, no, people aren't going to own anything. They're not going to care. <laughs> yeah. And you go, okay, that's true. Just like there's a bunch of safe spaces, but the fastest growing sport is UFC. Yeah. So like the, the further, the general populace gets away from all this, the harder the hardcore guys are going to go at it. And the kids yeah. who want to sort of spit in the eye of all that are going to be attracted and, to it. And to your point, I think SEMA recently published numbers for the aftermarket industry, the performance aftermarket industry, and not replacement brake pads. The before, and it's at an all-time high. It's like 46, maybe 48 billion, something like that. It's up. Yeah. 
What's your take, Tim? It's off the charts. It's off the chart. In every show we go to, and we just went to one up in Minneapolis, there were 11,700 cars. There were 150,000 attendees over a three-day show. I mean, it's the records are being set at every show, and let the naysayers be. I mean, if they want to talk negative or the glass is half full, you know, they're half empty, let them talk all day long. What we're seeing is this industry is booming. Well, and yeah, I, I will, I will say this. I, and I kind of mean it from a sociological standpoint. I, I talk to these guys, you know, I see these guys, these like conservative guys like Ben Shapiro, they've blown up Candace Owens. They've blown up even Tucker Carlson. They've blown up over the last just like two years. And the reason they've blown up is because the other side went so hard toward the, we'll call it Uber and electric car and automatic yeah, transmission yeah. that has created these guys. So I think in a right way, on. they're creating this market, right? Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. And it's, it's happening every day, every week, the number of calls, the number of, of components that we're getting in. I mean, we're really just in the emerging stages of our coding services We've coded complete full exhaust. I mean, people are shipping in pallets to us with Borla, you know, full stage exhaust, Flowmaster exhaust. We're doing cherry bombs. We're doing, you know, uh, turbo housings. We're, it's every single day we're getting more and more deliveries of components because people are hearing about it. Last time we and, spoke, you were only about 30 days into this new service. And now you guys must be, you know, 75. Yeah, yeah, five eighty days in now. Yeah, it's been about yeah. coming up on three months. Are you are where's the how's the capacity going? Like when do you are you starting to ramp up more people? Is it are you getting enough business in the door with the with the coatings that you're like, hey, this is is it is it meeting your expectations? It, it's really the the early stages of this. It's actually gone even better than what we expected. We just uh, it, oven capacity. Is is one of the things, especially when you start talking about a uh, a ninety inch long exhaust. Yeah, you know, you've got to have the oven capacity to handle that. We just uh, we just acquired another oven, so um, it, it's uh, it, we're staying ahead of it. Let's say that we're staying ahead of the demand, and we have not missed a fifteen day turnaround yet. Wow, so it's pretty it's pretty awesome. Even on all the custom stuff. Even on the customer. That's stuff. impressive. What are you seeing most? Intake, exhaust? Yeah, turbo housings. You know, we're seeing a lot of manifolds, a lot of stock old manifolds that uh, people had on, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s vehicles that uh, high performance that, you know, they come into us and we're looking at them going, oh my God, you know, it's rusted out. And frankly, that's the norm. Um, we're seeing a lot of turbos. Because really, there's nothing out there in the industry that holds up to the excessive temperatures on a turbo housing. The turbo our, housing makes the most does. sense to me. So, it, the turbo housing makes sense to me because you, you want the underhood temperatures low, but you want to keep that heat in the turbo. You know, right. It, it, you know, that's the way it works. It needs the heat in the turbo. And 
And uh, this is what we were talking about before when you were doing uh, testing with um, with uh, NHRA, the drag racing guys. It's just like these guys run a pass. By the time they get into the pit, you can grab the header. Don't loosen a header bolt because that hot air will come out and, and, and fry you. But but on the outside of that metal, all the heat's trapped on the inside, you know. Right. And uh, it keeps that underhood temperature down. This seems to make the most sense. Boy, well, every I, every turbo, every remember the the like mid eighties Maserati bi turbo. Mm-hmm. It's like a two twenty five horse. That thing would just melt underneath the hood. Every one of those should come with side bar. <laughs> well, also the yeah. As a matter of fact, I knew some friend had a cistern had one of those and caught on fire yeah. it was probably that you know it strikes me that the turbo guys when a guy is turbocharging his car or is driving a turbo it's a sub sect of the market of a guy who goes i want performance and so if you take a look at a turbo guy turbo guys like i want performance and then i want more performance. Mm -hmm. And those guys are trying to squeeze all they can out of it. You know what I mean? So it makes sense that you're going to see turbos, even though it seems like a weird ticket item. The people that are turbocharging the cars, like if you find, especially if if you find someone who takes a naturally aspirated engine, you know, he takes a Z car, a a 240Z with a straight six on it, and he goes, I'm going to put a turbo on this. That's a guy who's going... I want to go fast. I want performance. Yeah. And in the collector car world, the muscle cars, the high-end exotics, in that collector car world, you're talking about stock, the cast exhaust manifolds. Like, you're you're bringing the, these cars to auction. We talk about it all the time, the amount of dollars that are involved. I mean, you open the hood, and then you see just kind of the rusty uh, right. uh, exhaust manifold because it's eating through whatever spray on you know eastwood paint is well, on there especially like, when why not? Just especially when they have them on display now when they have the mirror image ones and yeah. they have them up high <laughs> it looks good yeah tim it, sorry yes, sir go ahead what else you guys no, working I mean, on we saw hundreds hundreds and hundreds of hoods that opened up in minneapolis and it was 99 percent of them even the stainless ones the stainless was blue and you know, purple, and it, it just looked awful. I mean, right. so you've got this beautiful block, this it's sitting there, and then the the headers of the manifold and the exhaust just look yeah. terrible. Now, how about so, a high-temp Zybar-type coating, a, a clear coat or something, maybe something to uh, prevent the purpling on, on, the stainless. on the stainless and stuff? Matt, you're right on. We, we are Ooh. very close to launching a uh, a gloss clear that you can put on stainless wow. and prevent the bluing and prevent and still give you the same heat dissipation properties as the Zybar coating. Wow. So I like we that. we are we're hoping that we have that at SEMA. Okay. Um, we are very very close to the final development stages and testing of that clear coat. So um, that that's going to be really really exciting. And you think it's going to hit the the maximum temperature of Zybar, or is the clear coat version going to have to come down a notch? No, it's gonna it's gonna be all of the uh, attributes of the Zybar product in a clear. Wow, wow, that is uh, that's going to be nice, especially because yeah, stainless steel headers look awesome when you're bolting them on, but yeah, as soon as you get down the road, <laughs> not so much. Hey Tim, I think we'll come uh, find you over at SEMA. 
Awesome. Awesome. We're going to be right in Hot Rod Alley again in the same place. Uh, Without a doubt, uh, we're we're super excited for SEMA. We've got a lot of good stuff in both the Zycote company and the Hushmat company to show folks. Thanks, Matt. Uh, I keep saying Matt because I'm looking down at uh, your your Matt. Your uh, uh, McCarthy. Yeah, Hush Matt is what oh, I'm. Hush yeah, Matt is. Yeah, I keep yeah, looking down Matt. at Hush Matt. Change your name to Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Zeb, Zeb, Hush Matt, Tim McCarthy. Thanks, buddy. Hey, right on, Adam, Matt. You guys have a great day, and Matt, you'll be hearing back from us on the Lightning Project. Love it. Thanks, Tim. Bye. Wonder if he, those uh, pressure washers, they they build up some heat. <laughs> they build up some heat. Yeah, they have a little exhaust. Uh, yeah, two stroke. And right. then when you shut it down, you got to cool it. Like, you let you it cool, cool it before down. you move it around. So, you know, maybe some sidebar coating on that pressure washer. Yeah. We have... Oh, uh, sweetening the deal, huh? We have the... Uh, <laughs> you should send the little muffler <laughs> off that thing. Send it into the Zybar coating service. It's pretty cool. You just take your stuff off and you, you send it to these guys. You get it back within 15 days. We have a little video of the Porsche going down the street. It looks yeah. so good on the street. Yeah. It? It's got such big flares. Not short, you can fit and everything. Getting ready for driving. Yeah. He, uh, getting ready to, yeah. uh. Jeez, that car is cool looking. It, it looks good, right? There's nothing better than big flares. Yeah. Um, the, uh, Sean's getting ready to take the 935 down the street. Yeah. Make sure it goes straight. <laughs> It'd be nice. Yeah. I think I, I, I have, I'm optimistic. We did a lot of goddamn work to the underside of that goddamn car. Yeah. To get those goddamn tires right. Or get the and the car's never looked better right. now that it's, since it was all taken apart and cleaned and. Yeah. It yeah. looks good. Yeah. Kind of excited <clears throat> about it. Let me uh, let me tell you guys about Geico. Everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off some dry cleaning, maybe pick up some milk. Now you can add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list, and you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. You just go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to-do you can do today. Go to geico.com. So uh, this week, uh, we're in the studio, what's today, Wednesday. So tomorrow, I'm heading out to Orange County for the big event, the unveiling of the mid-engine C8 Corvette. Wow. And uh, uh, Brad Fanshawe from Shift and Steer, he's down there. He's down in that Tustin area where they're doing it at a hangar. And he said they're already been building. It looks like a concert stage and lighting and the whole rig. He's well, like, they've, they've been building this car. <laughs> oh I mean, we've been hearing tale of rumors of the mid-engine Corvette yeah. for four years. Yeah. And it's been a while. There's been prototypes, like, I don't know, in the... 60s and stuff of of, of right. a mid-engine Corvette. Yeah. Right. And we've seen now the car in the camouflage, you know, we've seen it running around and we've seen the spy photos of it tra- uh, tra- you know tra- at the track testing and then they did the press, 
you know, like a teaser, like I think around New York Auto Show time, they mm-hmm. they had one in New York driving the streets, but all in the camouflage, and it, it had the date seven eighteen, you know, twenty nineteen on there. Well, it was it was funny. I was looking at uh, Ralph Lauren's car collection. I think we're getting into that in the last show, and um, it's a long story just came up and. Um, I was talking about the 250 LM Ferrari, and I said mm-hmm. first first mid-engine Ferrari. I don't maybe they had a Grand Prix car that was a mid-engine before that. Was there a Grand Prix Ferrari Max Pap? God, it must have been right in there. There may have been like a 5960. I'm trying to think of when Ferrari went with their Grand Prix cars mid yeah, or rear mid. engine or mid mm-hmm. mid engine. I I would guess 60 61 or something, but the the first GT car they built was at 250, and I was thinking, yeah, it just makes sense. Get the engine in in the middle. Um, God, I'm, let's but take, a, gonna let's be take a, big... a guess. Front engine, um, Grand Prix car. So um, front engine, uh, front engine Ferrari in the. Um, Grand Prix version or the Formula One. Formula One, I would say they were front engine all the way through the 50s and may have went to the rear engine like right around 60, 61, 62. I yeah. feel like Lotus maybe got there before they did. Yeah. But the, but the Ferrari 250 LM is, I think, their first GT type right. Le Mans car that went there. And all these years later, now we have uh, now we have Chevy, and I'm gonna quickly blurt this out: Chevy's first mid-engine car. Yeah, mm, yeah. There's yeah. nothing. I don't know. There's nothing else Chevy made that has a yeah. mid-engine, right? Nothing successful, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess nothing then, comes to mind. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I guess I have to dig into Dodge, Chevy. Has, nothing. No, yeah. this is the first. Yeah, took Chevy a little while to get yeah. to the party. Now, do you think this is too much for Chevy enthusiasts? What I mean is, no, is like Corvette enthusiasts, is this too big of a jump? Should they keep a front-engine Corvette and then have a mid-engine Corvette, like like a Mustang and a Ford GT? It's or, not. It's not going to hurt. Max Pat, a first-year Ferrari Grand Prix car or Formula One car went to mid-engine. 61. 61. Oh, there you go. You can know a lot All right. by not really knowing yeah. anything. I don't know that <laughs> I was much. I'm going to start looking as well, but 61. I do not know Ferrari Grand Prix okay. cars. Has Chevy, has Chevy ever had a mid-engine vehicle? No. Well, he's going to say, oh, uh, Gurney Chaparral was Chevy-powered right, or right. whatever. He's yeah, going to say something I like meant, that. I meant like a He's going to give us like Can-Am yeah. cars and stuff like yeah. that. No. Production? I'm just, you know what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm walking through the aisles in Leno's garage going, yes. is there something in there like not next a, to his Not a production turbine. car. Not, no, there'll be no. some one off hemi under glass or something thing but yeah that wasn't chevy anyway but the point is is no production yeah i i, I think i would say yes I'd okay say so considering yeah. supercars except for ass and martin yeah and some ferraris 
supercar is now mid-engine. I think I think the for I think the architecture of the mid-engine on the uh, Corvette is a good thing. My worry is that everything is just going to look like an Audi R8 at a certain point. Like everything with a mid-engine, yeah. just if you take a look at an RX-7 or an Audi R8 or a lot of those cars, you just kind of squint a little and it's yeah. kind of the same car. I, I, Lots of performance, great cars, but just they'll, they'll eventually they have to take on the same shape. Yeah, they kind of have like kind of Ferrari nose and McLaren side. Uh, Chris, could you bring up a picture of this uh, Lotus... Uh, what's the electric supercar? Evija? Is it? It's like it might be Evija. It's E V I J. Yeah. Just bring up a photo of this. And by the way, this is an electric supercar or hypercar, if you will, that Lotus wants to do. And it's like 1,970 something horsepower. And but tell me that front isn't Ferrari full on with the lights. And then the side is McLaren. Yeah, they're all just like, gonna. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. It looks great, and I like what Lotus is doing with they're it. They're all just gonna take on the same yeah, shape. But this is pushing two thousand horsepower. I gonna uh, <laughs> who's who's uh, come on. <laughs> I'm a fan. Like if you could yeah. do it, do it. But Pete Brock sent me an email, Max Apata, today that I think was talking about De Tomasa having a new offering. Yes, and the P seventy one. The De Tomasa offering looked like the Ferrari P three from the sort of sixties, yeah, early seventies, late sixties. And to me, here's what here. Let me tell you my take. Yeah, my take is we're all in hypercar mode. I do not know other than bragging rights. We're going to have to get past the bragging rights. Zero to 60 in 2.4 is the same as 1.9. It's just blindingly fast. Everyone's impressed, and you'll spill your drink. Uh, And also, it's well beyond the abilities of the driver at that point. I say trade in some of the crazy slab wind tunnel uh, F-22 Raptor sort of um, shape for the sexier, if you take a look at those fighter jets from the 60s, mm. they're curvy, they're swoopy, they're cool looking, they look bitching. Yeah. And we can still have the hyper car status. We are going to be three or four, we might be two or three tenths off the zero to 60, but we get the cool swoopiness, 60s, yeah. sexy Italian, and that's what we should do. Now, what are we looking at? So this is the DiTomaso P72. It's because yeah, the one Pete Brock was involved in, I think, was the P70. Yeah, his, yeah. Got, his is going up for auction. Okay, so they debuted this at the uh, Goodwood Festival of Speed. Uh, Apollo, the European, I think, a supercar company, they have, I forgot what the, the Apollo supercar is, but they have like a $2 million supercar, and then they... Uh, acquired the Di well, Tommaso brand. What are we, we're looking at a P3? Yeah, see, I told you it looked like a goddamn P3. Yeah. Jeez, I know more about Ferraris than I thought. <laughs> I don't like to congratulate myself, but here's the thing. Here's what I'm saying. I'm putting this out to Matt 
and uh, Max Zapata. I personally would give up a couple of tenths, zero to 60. Not a couple of seconds, mm-hmm. but a couple of tenths. I'm still under three somewhere. Yeah. I'm just not in the one nine. Yeah. I'll be in the two five. Yeah. For swoopy, hot, sexy Italian. Yeah. Okay. I will give some of that up not to be another slabby wind tunnel created computer project. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I think, look, in in however many years down the road from now, when, when these cars are showing up at auction and you realize how presentation is such a big thing that I I always thought the uh, – what was the the big Alfa Romeo that you know they came 8C? back? Yeah, the eight C. I think right? so. It was what in the two thousands or something. It's yeah, like, and they're like, oh, and Top Gear is like, ah, it doesn't really perform the way it's supposed to perform, but it was pretty. It's a it, pretty it, car. It was pretty, but I got to tell you, the prettier <laughs> one is your XJ two twenty. Yeah, that's swoopy and pretty. The Jag. Yeah. All right. Should we play a little hypothetical stoplight game sponsored by uh, who? JB Weld. Let's do it. Here we go. Yeah. The hypothetical stoplight game brought to you by J.B. Weld. Well, I'm in such a hurry tonight, but I'm going to have to stop at this light. On the left, I got a van with big wheels. On the right, I got a pickup in teal. Yeah. Van to the left of me, teal truck to the right. Here I am stuck at a light behind you. <laughs> All right, so Matt, I'm going to yeah. give you two options. We're going up to a red light. Yeah. And uh, Adam knows the answer. We'll see if you know it. Uh, and uh, you just have to pick which car you think is going to take off faster. And, uh, let's start with this one. Or just the one you want to, the one you're going to pull up behind. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is the first one. You pull. You have a choice between a 79 Subaru Brat. Okay. With people in the jump seats. Okay. Or... A 2018 Subaru Crosstrek, but they have those badges on there. One, uh, two of them. I love animals and I love stargazing. Oh, you get badges if, when you buy your first Subaru, yeah. and then you tell them what you're into. Not the coexist badge, because. Mm. <laughs> and then, like when you complete your first eighth marathon, you, <laughs> they send you another yeah. badge so you can let the yeah. whole world know that you do things. So the brat with people in the back. So we're not in California. <laughs> is it's illegal, right? Yeah, I don't think you could have them in the back. Mm-hmm. I, l- I looked into it. There, a lot of states don't really know what they're doing. They're like, <laughs> we'll we'll take if the if the people are over eighteen, then it's fine. Because they, I think they yeah. come with seatbelts. They come with seatbelts, and then the two thousand eighteen. Uh, I'm I, I, yeah. You're gonna have to get behind the two thousand eighteen. I just think the modern technology, the thing, all the transmission alone has better acceleration. If mm. I'm making it technical, more more gears. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's wrong. <laughs> what? Now the brat, because the brat has a couple of chicks and they're drinking wine coolers <laughs> and they're facing you. And if you flash them your high beams, they'll flash you their high, high beams. beams. You oh. know, any chick in the back of a brat is looking for a good time. Well. And you're just sitting there staring at her. She's got the Bartles and James between her legs. Yeah. She's going to shoot you a winger. Okay. All right. So well, I guess sorry. they call it the brat and not the, That's right. the All right, priest. Mm-hmm. Let's try this one again, Matt. Okay. I'm in. You're pulling up. You have a Volvo station wagon from the 90s. Yeah. I like them. With the wife hanging her bare feet out the passenger side window, mm-hmm. relaxing. Or 
the teenage girl driving the Honda CRV with the gas cap door open. Mm. Oh, man. I'm just not a fan of that CRV. I don't think I'd want to stare at it. For that reason alone, I'm getting behind the Volvo wagon. Mm. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm staring sorry. at that empty. Uh, the, the CRV is a front wheel drive, but it has the architecture of an off road vehicle. It's got that lift, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of travel. And when she accelerates, the thing just lurches back. There's a little bit of water on the street because a neighbor was washing his car and so on. She just spins that front tire. Mm. So she's sitting there for two Mississippi while the Volvo guy, the uh, his wife, yeah. she's drunk. And he <laughs> wants to get her home and into bed before she sobers up. So yeah. she's doing that move where her feet are at a barbecue and she drank too much. And she's like, I got to get some air. And she put her feet out there and he's thinking, it's go time, but I got to get her home. Okay. She may yak any moment. Yeah. Now, you know what I mean? Uh, All right. Well, it was right. a valiant try. You want to do one more? Let's do one more. All right, Matt. You're pulling up. You see an excess, a Lexus LFA. Ooh. Yeah. Driven by Paris Hilton. Okay. Mm. Or you pull up. And next to her is Jay Leno driving his 1925 Doble steam car. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, hmm. This is a tough one. I think I'm pulling up behind the steam car because I don't think Paris Hilton's in a rush and she wants people to notice her. And mm-hmm. so I think, I think the steam car gets the jump. Mm. On the LFA with the Paris Hilton. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> Jay is on the move, but he's also very accessible. And that car doesn't have a windshield That's or right. doors or roof. And at some point, just as the signal's about to change, some guy pulls in between the two cars on a Vespa and it's like, hey, Leno. And then Jay's like, hey, Hey, Jay, give me a quick selfie. This is, hold on a second. He's fumbling for his phone. And yeah, Jay, he's got Jay's his goggles on. Always a pro. You know what I mean? Doesn't want to leave any fans. The light has now changed. The guys go, oh, shit. The guy's like, I got to flip it around. I got to oh, hold on a second. Jay's like, eh, no problem. Take a picture. So, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, too bad. The hypothetical stoplight game. Here I am, stuck in a light behind you. Don't get a light behind you. Here I am. Don't get a light behind you. Maybe we'll get Larry. Oh. Maybe we'll get you. Uh, what was I going to say? Larry Miller. Let's get him in here to play this one of these days. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I bet he'd be good at him. Yeah, he's really good. Someone we can get behind is J.B. Weld for big or small projects, home or garage. You need somebody and something that lasts. That's right. J.B. Weld, epoxy adhesives, are one of our great sponsors. Keep J.B. Weld in your toolbox, your kitchen drawer, craft room, good for metal, wood, plastic, and more. I'm going to use it because I was driving the Lightning and the trim piece fell off the dash when I hit a bump. What? (laughs) Dash? Mid-90s American car? So I need to take that tin and secure it to the door panel. So two different types of materials. Well... Tin and vinyl. Good thing they got J.B. Weld for everything. Wood, plastic, uh, metal, and more. 
We use it here. We use it in the garage. Matt's about to use it on my new Lightning. <laughs> and it's available uh, at uh, jbweld.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, AutoZone, Advanced Auto Parts, all that Walmart, Amazon, and more. JB Weld, world's strongest bond. All right, so we're going to be in Portland at the World of Speed Motorsports Museum. That's yeah. August 30th, and Mario Andretti's going to be there. We're going to interview him. We're going to do a live car cast. Um, There's a car show, so come out early. Bring a car. I am going to be tonight at the Helium Comedy Club. First show, probably. First show sold out. Second show, maybe a couple tickets left. And we are going to go check out the museum as well. So I'll give it a give it a dry nice. run during the day, and then it'll be back to Portland and uh, Helium tonight. Again, maybe some tickets to the second show. First show has gone clean. And the Canyon Club and uh, in Montclair and the Canyon Club, in, uh, or the Canyon, I should call it. The Canyon in Montclair, the Canyon in Pasadena, and the Canyon Agora Hills. That is coming up on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the uh, 26th, 27th, 28th. Go to AdamCroll.com for all the live shows. Go to uh, Chassis and check out uh, our uh, offerings there, mm-hmm. all our car offerings there. Shift and Steer, available on iTunes and Podcast One as well. And uh, Meme Gods and When We Went Mad, that's our crowdfunding, although it's crowd investing. You're not going to get a t-shirt. You're going to be a producer. Nice. So uh, you can check that out at microventures.com slash Adam. Uh, Matt, anything I'm missing? Uh, just follow me at Motorator on all social media. See all the pictures of the truck and stuff. So, till next time, this is uh, Adam Carolla for Matt, the Motorator, DeAndrea saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.